And then you say, you are going to get it. So what is it? It is a reminder along with a negative reinforcement. It's a reminder along with a negative reinforcement. And that will bring us to D, punishment and rewards. Through the system of punishment and rewards, you can, insha'Allah ta'ala, change your child's behavior for the better. Through reinforcement, you can train your child to adopt some practices and drop some practices. But explain to your child the consequences of not doing what he is supposed to do or not to do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clearly explained to us the consequences of our deeds. And you need to explain to your child the consequences of doing what he is not supposed to do or not doing what he or she is supposed to do. So let us talk about positive reinforcements. When the child does something good, complies with the house rules and regulations, the child should get some kind of a reward which will reinforce his or her behavior. Rewards can be a smile, a tap on the shoulder, ice cream, a trip to the park, and the most powerful reinforcement is your attention and approval. Now we move to negative reinforcement. When the child does something bad, does not comply with the house rules and regulations, if he experiences an adverse consequence as a result of his or her behavior, they will learn eventually not to do it again. The negative consequence should be reasonable, appropriate, timely, and consistent. Reasonable. Do not come with unrealistic consequences. Do not say to the child, you go to your room and you're not going to come out in 10 days. This is not reasonable. It has to be appropriate. It has to come in a timely manner and you have to be consistent. Every time the child does the violation, you administer the negative reinforcement. We talked about that in the consistency aspect of a parent. A parent has to be consistent. Remember that? Remember talking, talking about consistency and you have to be consistent. Do not say, well, I'm not in the mood to be a parent today, so I'm going to let it slide. You have to be consistent. But use gentleness as a standard. You should model to your children how gentleness is used in conflict resolutions. This teaches your child that they are alternative to violence. And the negative reinforcement could be a number of things. It could be the natural consequences. Depending on the nature of the violation, sometimes just allowing the child to experience the consequences of his or her behavior disciplines the child. For example, the child neglects to eat his food. Then you say, you're not going to eat until next meal is served. The hunger that the child feels until next meal is served teaches him not to neglect 
eating his food again. So this, the natural consequences, disciplines the child. But in many occasions, you cannot allow the child to experience the natural consequences because they are too dangerous. So you have to create a man-made consequence for that action. And that what we call it a punishment. Now I want you to write this information down. What is a punishment in your study guide? It is not an act of retaliation from the child. Nor it is a way to vent out your anger. This punishment is a reminder that insha'Allah ta'ala will keep the child from adopting an evil practice. And punishment must take into consideration the age and the ability of the child. Punishment, if possible, should relate to the nature of the offense. Because we have a rule, it says, Al-Jaza'u min jins al-amal. Or the reward or the punishment, because Al-Jaza'u could mean both. Rewards and punishments are the same nature as the deed. And also, the nature of the punishment should deprive the child from the benefit he attempted to get through the violation. There's a rule in Fuqah, they say, عُوقِبَ بِنَقِيدِ قَصْدِهِ When you give him a punishment that inhibits him from getting what he initially wanted to get. So for example, you say to your child, do your homework. And the child goes to his room and he does his homework and he brings you the homework and it's chicken scratch. You cannot even read it. And you know he can do better, but he did it very fast in order to gain playtime. So you do not have to get aggravated or agitated. Just say, this is not acceptable. You rip it apart and you say, go do it all over again. And you did not pay attention to it because you wanted to gain more time to add it to your playtime. And now you have to do it all over again and that will reduce your playtime. The punishment can be time out, as you have mentioned. It can be deprivation from candy for a number of days. And the rod of correction may be introduced to the scene with a gentle flick of the wrist style on the palm of the hand. It says in the Bible, Proverb 22.15, Foolishness is bound in the heart of the child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far away from him. Well, I think it's definitely an act of violence and bad parenting to raise the children always with the rod of correction, beating them up as I think this verse suggests. But to totally take away the rod of correction from your home, is an invitation for many problems. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam said, لا ترفع العصا من أهلك وأخفهم في الله عز وجل. Do not remove the rod from your family, but let them fear Allah. So the rod should be present, but it's not a source of intimidation and violence. It can be used to inflict harmless pain that reminds 
but does not damage. A gentle flick of the wrist style on the palm of the hand. Like this. It reminds, but does not damage. But that has to be used as a last resort. Because we need to deal with the child with other types of negative reinforcements. And young children should not be subjected to any type of physical punishment. Some scholars say the age is 10 year old. Under 10 year old, do not spank or hit children. Over 10 year old, you can do that. Because the Prophet ﷺ has said, command your children to pray at the age of 7, and you can give them beating for it at the age of 10. So below the age of 10, you cannot do that. And this is very important because you may see your child who is 8 years old and he's not praying correctly and you get angry, shaking and jerking and squeezing. All of that should be out of the picture. The Prophet ﷺ said, command them to pray at the age of 7. So from 7 to 10, you can only tell them in your speech. After 10 you can introduce the rod of correction with a gentle flick of the hand of the wrist style on the palm of the hand. But remember what we talked about when it comes to patience. Over the limit physical punishment make your child fearful, lose self-esteem and develop aggressive behavior. And also the more you use the rod of correction the less effective it becomes a father, or actually a mother, after she takes care of her six-year-old, she sends him to his room to sleep. And the child, five minutes later, says, Mom, can I get up to get a drink of water? She says, Honey, you had your water, you used the bathroom, lights out, go to sleep. Five minutes later, the child says, Mom, I'm not going to get up to get a drink of water. Can you bring me a drink of water? The mother says, Lights out and go to sleep. If you talk again, I'm going to come and spank you. Immediately introducing the rod of correction. So the child after five minutes says, Mom, when you come to spank me, can you bring some water with you? So when you use the rod of correction, often it loses its effect. And the more you rely on it, you run out of other resources. Disciplining must be reasonable, supportive, meant to change behavior, not to vent out anger. Many parents try to discipline their children while they, the parents, are very angry. This is a no-no. Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لا يحكم أحد بين اثنين وهو غضبان. Any one of you should not judge between two people while he is angry. And therefore you should not, and you must not, try to bring a change to your child's behavior when you are angry. Angry parents in attempts to discipline their children oppress them. 
Anger fits on children, lower their self-esteem, create in them chronic fear, and make them lose their trust in their parents. E. Obey Allah. Be rest assured, and I want you to write that down in your study guide. Be rest assured that there is a correlation between your obedience and responsiveness to Allah and your children's obedience and responsiveness to Allah. Do you think that Allah will guide your children to be very obedient to you and you are not at the same level of obedience and responsiveness to your Lord? This is a rhetorical question. The more you obey Allah and respond to your Lord as a result, Allah will guide your children to obey you. F. Be creative with your children. Develop programs that help you and that help and encourage your children to drop bad habits and practices. And be also rest assured that no one program will work for a long time. There is always a need for change. At one point of time, my child had some behavior problems. So me and my wife thought about this idea. We got a poster board. And vertically, we wrote all the areas that he had problems with. And horizontally, we put a train on the board that can move forwards and backwards. And we made one for my son and one for my daughter. And we created an environment of competition. When they get no negative marks, the train moves two steps. One to two negative marks, the train moves one step. Three negative marks, the train does not move. Four negative marks, the train actually moves one step back. And they were competing, who's going to make it to the end first? Because the one who gets it to the end first will get a reward. And that was very helpful and, and they improved on many areas. And then we had to come up with a different program. So you need to be creative with your children. G. Avoid the pitfall of discrimination between your children. Many behavioral problems and undesired trends are rooted in children discrimination. The Prophet said, Fear Allah and be just with your children. H. Avoid the pitfall of discouraging and subliminal messages. Many parents in time of anger and frustration or when the child does not meet their unrealistic expectation or realistic expectations, say statements of discouragement to the child. You're never going to get it. You are helpless. You are a loser. You are a fool. Or are you a fool? Are you a stupid? They, they say that in a question format. Are you a fool? Are you stupid? You are a loser. Statements of such nature do not motivate your child to do better, but they put him or her down. 
If you say to your child, you are stupid, or are you stupid, or are you a fool, twice a week for one year, he would hear it from you how many times? 108 or 104. And then if you keep this practice from the age of 7 to the age of 12, he would hear it from you, I'll save you for the math, 520 times. Do you think he may believe it after five years and start acting like one? Yes. So you need not to send those subliminal messages to your child that he is a fool or he is not smart or he is bad. Say, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. We say that often, right? You are bad. You are a naughty girl. And we say that five times a day. Do the math. And the child hears it so many times and he thinks, yes, I am naughty. Because my mama is telling me I am naughty, that means I am naughty. But instead of that, you say, you are a good boy, you should not do that. You are a good girl and you should not do that. You are a smart boy and a smart boy like you should not do that. So the child hears that he is a smart boy, he is a good boy. And those what I've shared with you from A to H will help you insha'Allah ta'ala to be effective in your parenting style and modify your child's behavior. The third element of raising children, the third element of tarbiyah, because we talked about four elements, we covered two. The third one is developing the child's talents. Children vary in their talents. You as a parent with the cooperation of teachers should know the areas where your child is talented. In order to enhance his talents in those areas and encourage your child to pursue careers and studies that match his talents. The pitfall that we push the child to be educated in a field that does not match his inclinations and his talents. And he might do it. But he would not excel as much as he would have excelled if he chose a career that matches his talents, his inner talents that were born with him or her. The fourth element of raising children is to encourage your child and teach him or her to employ their talents to fulfill the purpose of his or her existence. And when you do that, we shall have grown up Muslims who have the secular education that they need to gain the religious success. Because remember what we said in the beginning, a good career is not related to the type of the career, but when we employ our abilities to apply our talents to do the best work we can do as a testimony of our faith, this is a good career. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to be rightly guided parents who understand their responsibilities and help us in raising our children to be grown-ups, to be adults that take Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa as their role model in this life. 
and understand the purpose of their existence and that is to worship Allah by knowing Allah, loving Allah, obeying Allah, publicizing Allah and calling for His path. And now we have concluded the workshop and there is a quiz number five I would like you to take. وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد